0: One of the most important financial decisions that you can make is buying life insurance, especially if you have people who depend on your income. It could be a spouse, an aging parent, children, or even a business partner. Which is why I recommend term life insurance from Policy Genius. It's cheap and easy to set up, and Policy Genius is where I went to to get my policy, and they made it so incredibly easy. I had a simple phone call, answered some questions, and I was completely set up. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million worth of coverage. And some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's PolicyGenius.com. with just as little as $10, by visiting fundrise.com slash pfp. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash pfp. That's fundrise.com slash pfp. This is a paid advertisement. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk to David Meltzer, about his incredible story from losing 100 million dollars to coming all the way back to building wealth Whoa, what's up everybody and welcome to the personal. Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of MasterMoney.co. And today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to be talking to David Meltzer about his incredible story and how he bounced back to build wealth. If you guys have any questions, make sure you hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, at Co, and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player You love listening to this podcast, and if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So I am so excited to have David on the podcast today because if you don't know who David is, David is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing. And he formerly served as CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports, which is the sports agency that Jerry Maguire was based on, the movie Jerry Maguire. And David has an incredible story here that we're going to be talking about because David started off making a ton of money and he started to build a tremendous amount of wealth. And then what you're going to hear is he lost over $100 million during the Great Recession. And David has climbed back out of that and he talks about some of the things that he's doing and how it made him grateful. And he talks about some of the things that he is doing and how it absolutely changed his life. And we're going to go through what David would do to prepare for the next recession and how David will prepare for a recession because he's been through it all. If you lose $100 million inside of a recession, you think through this a lot. So that is one thing that we are going to be talking with David about today. In addition, we're going to talk about how you should think about your investments, how you should protect yourself from investments, why wealth should be an abundance mindset. So there is a ton of value here, and there is a bunch of stuff that I cannot wait for you guys to listen to some of the nuggets that David drops on this episode. So I am so excited to share this interview with you guys. Without further ado, let's welcome David to the Personal Finance Podcast. So David, welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. No
1: place I'd rather be talking about one of my favorite topics. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. And before we dive in, you have an incredible resume. So I want to make sure that folks who haven't met you or listen to your podcast yet know all about you. So for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: uh basically i grew up in a world of not enough uh, single mom six kids wanted to be rich became rich 9 months out of law school by choosing to be an entrepreneur and getting involved in the internet by the time i was 30 i had everything i ever dreamed of including my dream girl which we just celebrated our 25th anniversary together uh but you would think with all the homes cars ski mountain golf course everything running samsung's phone division and 1999 that I'd be happy. But for the first time in life, I wasn't happy. And from there, went on a spiral as I ran the most notable sports agency in the world, Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment. Most people know Lee from the movie Jerry Maguire. They had based the movie Cameron Crowe about our firm. And Warren Moon and I started our own sports marketing company. But through that journey, I lost everything, over $100 million. I was well-educated, but not financially literate. I had an ego the size of China and was afraid to ask for help. But along the way, I learned the lessons necessary to rebound, to recover, and to make back all that money, but not in a world of not enough, not in the world of just enough, buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like, but a world of more than enough, a value-add world, not a zero-sum game, which most people live in. And that's been my story. It's put me onto a mission With, as you stated, my podcast, TV shows, my books, my speaking, my coaching, all the different shows, interviews, et cetera, on one mission. I'm here to empower you and others to be happy, to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun.
0: And that's why I absolutely love your story, because you came from nothing. You started to build up these incredible businesses. Then you had to rebuild them again over time. And so we're going to talk about some of the things that you learned with your finances today. And you have a fantastic show called The Playbook, and it's one of my favorite shows that I love to listen to every single week, where you give play-by-play breakdowns of all the things business and entrepreneurship. And you have a great episode on the steps you should consider before we invest. So before we make an initial investment, what are some key things that we need to know?
1: Well, number one, what is your timing and risk tolerance? You know, it's amazing. You can invest in a lottery ticket and that could be a great investment if it's aligned with your timing and risk tolerance. If you're willing to invest two bucks, risk it all to make a billion, it's a great investment by Saturday at 8 p.m. But most people, believe it or not, whether you're investing $2 in a lottery ticket or $200 million, they do not know the basis, the foundation of investment which is your timing and risk tolerance, including education. I tell kids all the time, look, I'm really close friends with Gary Vee. He may not be the greatest advocate for school, but he's an advocate for education. And if you know your timing and risk tolerance and it's aligned synergistic and supplementary to the investment you're making, that's the first step. That's the key to being fulfilled and purposeful with your money.
0: So once we understand we need to figure out our timing and risk tolerance, what are some steps we can take to actually figure out what that is and how do we actually go about doing that?
1: Well, number one, I have three words for everyone. It's the best advice I can give you, not only for investing, but for anything. Uh, And I give it to myself when I was 18, 28, 38, 48, and I'll give it to myself when I'm 58. And that is ask for help. Find someone that sits in a situation that you want to be in and ask them for directions. Find not only mentors to show you the way, but also teachers that can explain the way and also coaches that can bring the best out of you so you can get out of your way. And if you can do these three things by asking for help, by being more interested than interesting, I promise the statistical success of your investments will increase exponentially.
0: I absolutely agree. And I think for most young people or people just getting started in business or with their finances, one of the biggest things that you can do and the fast track to doing that is actually talking to people, asking for help and investing your money into those coaches, because that's one of the best investments you can make. If you can invest your dollars into earning more money, it's going to make a significant difference over the course of your career, which is absolutely incredible as well. So as we go through this and we figure out what our timing and our risk tolerance is, we've done this calculation What are some of your favorite ways to invest over time? You've invested all over the place. You have so many different diverse investments. So, what are some of your favorites that you've done over time?
1: You know, for me, real estate's always one of my favorites. And then, believe it or not, IULs, insurance based uh, investing, guaranteed annuities, and IULs. So, uh, I like assets that can be borrowed against tax free uh, that grow at a steady pace historically since the beginning of time. Uh, So, I go ahead and utilize hundreds of years of history in investment, not just hundreds of hours or days or weeks, hundreds of years. And so real estate and insurance investing, but I will tell you some of my favorite investments lie upon the 10% of my investment. So I market 10% of my investments in high risk. Uh, and so those are a ton of fun. Those are the lottery tickets that I love. And so I satiate my ego and I have a lot of fun but always with unemotional intent, meaning that my risk tolerance is 100% of my 10% I'm willing to lose. Uh, And so I have the best time investing in lottery tickets, jockeys, which are entrepreneurs who I love. And I just want to sit back and fund them to see where it can go. Uh, So I will study any market Uh, all market makers. But one thing that is consistent through the conservative and the very high risk investments that I make is an area that a lot of people overlook, believe it or not, and I know you'll agree with me, is margins. People get so busy investing and working, they forget to make money. So I make sure that If I'm going to go through all the trouble, the painstake to align my skills, my knowledge, my desire, to align synergistic and supplementary with my timing and risk tolerance, to do the due diligence in the markets, the market makers, and to ask for help, then I'm going to know the margins that I'm going to make. I'm not going to get so busy investing and so busy working that I forget to make money in the end.
0: I could not agree more. And one of the things that we actually teach on this podcast all the time is if you have an itch for something specific, especially if it's something that doesn't have an intrinsic value, then utilizing 10% is the number that we use as well to actually scratch that itch and have some fun with your investing as well is the best way to do that. And it's the perfect number, I think, at least you know, anywhere 10% or below is the perfect number to be able to do that. Now,
1: And I also, I wanna add 10% and above is the perfect number of tiding, meaning to give. And those also are investments in your faith Whatever it is that you're passionate about, purposeful about, I suggest that everyone invest 10% or more into a tiding or their faith or a charity or purpose or cause they believe in. And then, like you said, 10% or less in a lottery ticket to have some fun with. Uh, and then the 80% should be on very aligned uh, strategic investment that does not have that type of risk.
0: I couldn't agree more either. And the 10% of tithing is something I've done for a very long time. It's something we teach here as well, because the purpose of building wealth, one of the biggest things that you can do is you can give back and you can give back to the things that you believe in and the causes you believe in. So that is a major factor into building wealth and one of our core principles here as well. So I love that you mentioned that as well. Thank you for bringing that up. We're driven by the search for better. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Have you been using Mint for your finances? Well, there's been some mixed reviews, and Mint is winding down, transitioning users to Credit Karma, which frankly isn't as comprehensive. But don't worry, because I've found a fantastic alternative that I've been loving called Monarch Money. And Monarch is a top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. And you can create custom budgets, you can track your progress towards financial goals, and my favorite part, you can collaborate with your partner. And now, listeners for this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to Monarch money.com slash PFP. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners to this show will get that extended 30 day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's M O N A R C H M O N E Y.com slash PFP for your extended 30 day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's shopify.com slash PFP. So one of the biggest things that a lot of people are talking about right now is what's going on with the economy. And a big, big question that we get is questions about the upcoming recessions. And we've done episodes on the upcoming recessions and how you can go about that process. But I've heard you talk about this as well. And you lived through the last great recession with several different assets, several different businesses and investments and things like that as well. So What was that like? And how did you get through that 2008 recession?
1: Well, I went bankrupt. That's how I got through it. So just to be quite candid with everyone, I lost over a hundred million dollars because I didn't ask for help, right? I didn't understand what I was investing in and where the risks were in what I was investing in. I trusted everyone, but didn't vet them. And I now have a new understanding of what trust means. If I trust you, that means I'm willing to ask you uncomfortable questions. It means I'm willing to add clauses into agreements. It means I'm willing to go ahead and ask uncomfortable questions as well that you know nobody wants to ask but turn into huge losses later in life. So uh, for me, because I paid the dummy tax through the last recession, I survived 90, 93, 99. And then in 2008, over $100 million lost because of these strategies that I now utilize. But the number one thing to understand in an accelerated economy, that's all a recession is, it's accelerating in a certain direction, but it's an accelerated economy where things get overbought and things get oversold. And it is market specific. And there are markets right now and market makers right now that are being oversold. There are markets and market makers right now that are in what is clinically or uh, scientifically determined to be a recession. Not everything's in a recession right now, but it doesn't matter because no one here is rich enough, including Bezos, to invest in everything. And so Warren Buffett's one of my favorite investors because he invested in trains, like I think it was like nine years ago. And I was like, what the heck is he doing? And you know, I was blessed to have a quick conversation with him at the Hall of Fame Uh, where he, you know, doing a little bit of work at the Hall of Fame, marketing those guys. And he's like, Dave, how do you think this stuff's gonna get to the house, right? I get the internet, you know, you're the expert on that side of the fence, bro. But how's this stuff gonna get there? I'm investing in trains because it got oversold and nobody realized they're all investing in Tesla and I'm investing in trains. This is a great example because it was a recession in that industry of trains and he bought it when it was oversold. So I want everyone to not be so overdrawn and over-pendulumed where they can specifically study and ask for help and trust and vet specific markets that have acceleration, whether it's overselling or overbuying, easiest way to make money.
0: Those are great tips, and I think that – I can't believe that you met Warren Buffett, too, because he's one of my biggest heroes. So that is one of the coolest things. You, if you listen to this podcast at all, everybody who listens to this knows I talk about him all the time. So that is one of my favorite things, it's and he's favorite. probably the greatest recession investor ever, Yeah, which is my,
1: it's my favorite uh, trivia question when someone says, who's the most famous person you met at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio? And I always say more about it.
0: That's absolutely amazing. That's one of my goals is next year to go to his uh, shareholder meeting. You know, with him and Charlie, I want to see them. You know, one time at least. So that's one of my biggest things for sure. So you went through a very hard time in the last recession, and what did you learn from that? And how can we prepare our finances for an upcoming recession? Because we all know recessions are going to happen. It's not if they're going to happen; it's a when thing. We just don't know when. So how can we prepare our finances
1: for a recession? Well, first of all, study history, right? Study the Vanderbilt's, the Rockefeller's, study all the different family offices and what they've done throughout the last 200 years. Study those historical uh, inflection points and defined moments economically of the past to determine one thing human nature. See, human nature never changes. And when we can understand how human nature reacts and is responsible, remember, responsible, how they respond and are able uh, in these hyper accelerated situations economically, you can get a key indication, this is uh, Warren Buffett as well uh, philosophy of understanding and studying human nature in the aspect of what's being overbought or oversold. Look, it's just math. And if you do your due diligence, ask for help, be more interested than interesting, know your timing and risk tolerance, trust and vet, you will find where you could apply human nature to any market market maker and hopefully where the margins are greatest so for example historically anything that was financed with subprime lending gets shattered in a recession absolutely obliterated this is what happened to our common it's a lesson i learned in 2008 well so i've done my due diligence i've talked to and asked for help from the experts in financing I see where the markets are being made in subprime lending, which isn't a lot of luxury items, right? Ferraris and yachts and planes and all these things that are financed the same way that homes were financed in 2005, six and seven. And so what do you think is going to happen to those luxury items when the accelerated change happens? Guess what's going to happen? They're going to be foreclosures at a historical high. And when things are foreclosed on at historical high, that means they're oversold, which means it's time to utilize your capital and your genius to go buy it up.
0: Absolutely. I could not agree more. I think that's, that is great insights as well, is because studying psychology and studying human nature is one of the best things that you can do with your money, because that's really what it comes down to. That's all it is when you look at it and you break it down to its simplest form. So. As we do this, how are you preparing for the recession in terms of how can we make money in the recession? What are some things that we should consider to prepare ourselves when a recession comes along?
1: Well, first of all, cash up and credit up, right? Don't wait until everybody needs money to try to find money. Set up yourself today by saving. uh, You know, we'll talk about that 10% like we talked about or less in risk, 10% or more in charity. There should also be a percentage at all times to pay yourself first and to save. Uh, I've increased that three times uh, over here the last two years, preparing myself, but also understanding going to private lenders, private banks to understand credit facilities that I can have low interest lines. When interest rates were between two and three, I was loading up on lines of credit so that I'm prepared for when things get oversold. It's not too late. Believe it or not, 5% 5% is still a low interest rate, historically low interest rate. Uh, 2% was wonderful. And if you missed that, don't worry. 5% is a good place to be. So cash up, credit up, get ready to utilize all that research, all the trusting invest vetting to go ahead and take advantage of things that are oversold because you're going to need money or credit or it's not going to do you any good to know it.
0: Absolutely. Because doing all those things allows you options and allows you so many different options, especially when times get toughest and it gives you all those opportunities to have available to you so you can pick and choose what you want to do, which I love. So when it comes to money, you have an episode where you talk about two things that we should know about money. And what I love is how you talk about money as an energy. And that is one of the things that we love here on the podcast as well, because I think it's one of the things that we can utilize to master our craft. So how can you talk a little bit about how money is an energy
1: Yeah, so everything vibrates, right? And first of all, when you think of being aware of money, you're aware of options, opportunities, and touches of favor. And knowing your frequency determines the neighborhood you're in. So, you know, if you're sitting in an analogous way in the projects on a lawn chair, and I turn to my buddy on his lawn chair drinking a Colt 45 and go, dude, I got this incredible idea. I'm going to sell, you know, books out of my garage, and someday I'll have the biggest marketplace on earth that's going to be worth a trillion dollars. All I need, man, is 10 grand. I got no chance of getting the 10 grand. But if my frequency is high and I'm living in the luxury dream home, gated community, and I'm sitting at a park bench or by the water park or the skateboard park or the baseball game, and I turn to my neighbor and I say, Hey, bro, I need 10 grand to start this, you know, online marketplace. I'm going to call it Amazon. I'll be worth a trillion bucks. He's going to say, oh, I'll give you a million, right? It's literally a frequency. So everything vibrates. We can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us so we have to understand that energy like a rock like a plant animal human lights or sound or even thought will vibrate at that energy and you give it the energy that you do you can give it a scarce energy where it's going to always play where other people want it to play with what's missing with what you don't have Or you could put a value, add energy into your money and be abundant and faithful and know there's more than enough. And so let me show you the math of this real quick. So appreciation, it expands. Appreciation means you added value. Your house appreciates, goes up in value. So the first step is to appreciate your money, then to acknowledge your money. And the only way we can acquire the knowledge or acknowledge something is to not have it anymore. So you either invest it, give it away lose it, have it manipulated, stolen, cheated from you, whatever, that's acknowledgement. And if you're looking for the light, the love, and the lessons like I did, when I lost everything and it was manipulated, cheated, and stolen from me as well, I acquired the knowledge of it, which allowed me to have a bigger vessel that was completely empty to ask for more in an energy of abundance of more than enough of everything for everyone. So appreciate, acknowledge, but make sure you live in a value-add, abundant world and ask for more.
0: I love that. And that's one thing that you and I align on completely is the thing that money is abundance, having abundance mindset when you're starting to build wealth. Because I think this is one thing that a lot of people, depending how you're brought up, a lot of people don't have this. And I think it's a skill and a trait you can develop over time. I feel like it's something that has been developed in me over time to figure out how to have that abundance mindset. So how can we create an abundance mindset? And can you explain what an abundance mindset is for people who don't know?
1: Yeah, so look, an abundant mindset is a faith-based mindset. That the faith of not giving to receive, you're not in a quid pro quo, a trade or negotiation. It isn't a win or a loss situation. It's a win-win situation. It's a value add, not a zero sum situation. So an abundant mindset says there's more than enough. Therefore, I'm only going to focus my attention plus my five levels of intention, everything that I do, everything I say, everything I think, everything I believe, and everything I feel in spirit is aligned with in a trajectory of what I think I want from abundant universe of more than enough. It's not what other people want for me. It's not what's missing. It's not what I don't have. Instead, an abundant mindset has faith that if I pay attention and give five levels of intention to something, that it will equal the coincidence that's best for me. Not exactly what I wanted, right? I'm being promoted and protected. And so things may not work out like you planned, like my bankruptcy, but I've given meaning to that defining moment of my life 16 years ago That now has become one of the greatest moments of my life when it happened and I had to tell my mom that I lost her house because I forgot to take my name off of her house. Trust me, it was not the greatest moment of my life, but because I have faith in more than enough, I know I'm being protected and promoted. I just have to find the light, the love and the lessons in it. And I end up in a better place, a better situation in a better circumstance.
0: I think that's the perfect definition of it. And I think that's one of the things where a lot of people, once they start to realize how this works, it's something that over time you're going to realize that there's so many opportunities out there. There's so many ways to make money. And the, the abundance that's there is something where once you have that mindset, you feel like you're unstoppable almost at times. So it's one of the greatest things that you can do mentally when it comes to building wealth. One thing we talk a lot about in this podcast, David, is that I believe that anybody can create wealth over time. And I think it's one of those things that no matter where you come from, and you've been up and you've been down, you know, it's been amazing to see your journey and how you've progressed over time. And no matter where you come from or what your background is, I think you can change the trajectory of your family's financial future. And part of that is having that abundance mindset. Um, And I've heard you touch on this on your podcast, which we'll link that episode down below in the show notes as well. But can you talk about the advantages of growing up with nothing?
1: Yeah, I start most of my speeches around the world. Who here grew up poor? Half of the audience raises their hand and then I say, oh, I feel sorry for the rest of you. Um, There's huge advantage of growing up with nothing because you know that you have a basement that you can come out of. If you started on the 50th floor and someone said, oh, you know what? And all you knew was the 50th floor and above. And then someone, you know, when you're 50 years old, takes you down to the basement and says, all right, you got to get back up to the 50th. And then you can get going, right? That's a long way. Without any knowledge, perspective, no situation, dummy tax, it's an amazing blessing to know that you can do what it takes to get where you want to be. The thing is, you really have to say over time because anybody uh, that gets to where they want to be, it's over time. And when we understand how time works and how the aggregate effect, compound interest, talk about you know, Einstein or Warren Buffett, how that works. We know that it's going to take time. So what we need to do is enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of our own potential. We got to do our best, learn lessons and have fun. And so that's what I teach people to do is to be happy by enjoying the pursuit. I joke around Chris Gardner, who wrote the movie, uh, pursuit of happiness is a close friend with Will Smith. And I always say, you guys screwed up the movie. They said, what do you mean? I said, It should be happiness is the pursuit, not a pursuit of happiness. You'll never get there if the pursuit is of happiness. If you're happy pursuing, then you're always there.
0: I love that as well. Just enjoying the journey and falling in love with the journey that it takes to get there. And one of my favorite stats, it's from The Millionaire Next Door, and then Ramsey Solutions did another one later on to confirm this, is that 80% of millionaires are actually self-made. And that is one of the coolest stats because what that means is it's reassuring that anybody can do this, anybody can build wealth, you just have to put in the work and, like you said, fall in love with the journey. So I absolutely love that. I'll give you as well, giving
1: another statistic uh, that uh, most uh, the average entrepreneur goes bankrupt twice in their life.
0: Wow, that is incredible.
1: I've never heard that. Yeah, one. the average millionaire goes the average millionaire goes bankrupt twice in their life. I am praying that I'm not the average. I'm above average. I'm only going to go bankrupt once. Exactly. That's one of
0: those things where you learn from those failures and then you can move on, and it just makes you that much stronger going forward, which is awesome. So. Before we jump into a couple of these deeper questions, what is the best money advice you've ever received?
1: Oh, man, I think the timing and risk tolerance is the best or ask for help. Those are the go to trust and vets probably a third. But you know, if you know, your timing and risk tolerance, it takes a lot out of the problems with investing, asking for help, obviously takes a lot out of it. And then trusting and vetting. uh, Those three are the three headed monster of great advice.
0: I could not agree more. I think those are fantastic as well. So we're going to jump into some of these questions that we ask a lot of folks in the podcast, and it's interesting because we always get different answers on some of these. So the first one is, uh, what is the best book you've read recently?
1: Oh, the best book that I've read is probably Michael Singer's uh, Surrender Experiment. So I'm rereading Covey as well, Effective Habits, Seven Effective Habits. I I read The Course of Miracles and Think and Grow Rich every day. So it's not fair to say that I, you know, those are. I read those things every day. I read, listen to The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. But uh, Michael Singer's Surrender Experiment is extraordinary. And, you know, Covey's Classic isn't something that I read every day, but I'm rereading it right now.
0: On Thinking Grow Rich, I have a funny story where I actually bought at a library sale a long time ago when I was in high school. I bought a copy of Thinking Grow Rich. And that was the first time I read it. And I opened it up and it was actually a signed Napoleon Hill copy um, that someone just gave away for like two bucks. So it was actually pretty interesting. Good $2. Exactly. Exactly. So, what part of your work? and your life makes you come alive?
1: Everything, so the five daily practices that I utilize make my life come alive. So every day I know my what, what I want in the trajectory of what I think I want. I know who I can help and who can help me with what I want. I know how to be productive, accessible, and gracious by being a student of the calendar, paying attention and giving intention to those coincidences. Which then gives me the fourth practice of prioritization, which is the antidote to procrastination and feeling overwhelmed. I'm probably one of the experts of prioritization. And then that allows me, if I know my what, my who, my how, my now, to apply my why, to live in spirit, inspired, instead of in search for something that I already have. Because I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, I figure out all day long what I'm doing to interfere with it. I absolutely love that. I encourage
0: everybody to listen to what David just said again because you can tell how disciplined he is throughout his day and that's why he has become successful is because he was so disciplined in what he does every single morning and how intentional he is with his day. So David, this is a a little bit of a deeper one, but what legacy do you want to leave?
1: That's a deep one, but it's easy. Kindness. I literally, I I should be the spokesperson for Kind Bar because that's all I want my tombstone to say. He was kind. And uh, kindness is so powerful if you are kind to your future self, to yourself, to others, to the earth, if you are kind and only spending minutes and moments in fear, I promise you the abundance that you will experience, the happiness, the joy, the purpose, the passion, and the profitability will be overwhelming of the world of more than enough. But my legacy is absolutely within my family, my friends, my community, the country, and even the world will be kindness.
0: That's absolutely amazing. Now, This last question is my favorite question to ask people, and it's one that we get a different answer all the time. Um, But it's one that's it's very interesting to hear all the answers. And one day we need to make a list there, a compilation of all the answers here. But um, this is my favorite one. So what does wealth mean to you?
1: Oh, that's easy. Wealth for me, is the ability to enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of your potential. Not what other people want, not what's missing, what you don't have but your potential, your truth, your everything. And if you can enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of that, uh, I promise you, you will live wealthy, healthy, happy, and worthy, and you'll spend very little time interfering with it. I love that answer. And, and so, David, thank you so much
0: for coming on. This was truly an honor to have you on here. Where can people learn more about you and what you have going on?
1: Well, I'd love to send everyone my book. I, you know, we'll pay for the book, sign it, pay for shipping or my five daily practices. I always say, if it's free, it's we email me yeah. uh, directly, David at dmeltzer.com, David at dmeltzer.com. And if you lose the email, just Google my name, David Meltzer. I'm blessed to have a strong SEO, a strong presence on the web. So David at dmeltzer.com or email me and I'm happy to be of service or value to everyone.
0: Absolutely. And we will link that up down below in the show notes as well. So everyone can check that out. I truly encourage you to check that out. And thank you so much, David, for coming on. This was an honor.
1: It's an honor. all mine. Let's do it again. Thank you. Your personal finance podcast is the place to go. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and others by making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun. Thanks again.
0: Absolutely. Thank
1: you. Take care, guys.